children are innocent. This is a sentiment that we often repeat to ourselves. We say it when kids don't understand something and they say something funny because of it. We say it when they do things without fully understanding the repercussions of their actions. And we say it when someone hurts them. But is it really true that all children are innocent? Innocence is a tricky concept. It can even be a little hard to define. But most of us would agree that some children aren't innocent at all. Some children are monsters. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 2003 murder of Jason Sweeney, a 16-year-old boy who was murdered by three friends and his then-presumed girlfriend. Four children who seemed just fine committing a very adult crime. This one is definitely something else, so don't say I didn't warn you. For obvious reasons, I do need to address last week's episodes. If you don't follow the show on social media, you were probably left wondering where the episodes went. Well, I actually ended up very sick. Coughing, drowning in mucus, the whole nine yards. My vocal cords were an absolute wreck, and I had no interest in forcing my producer to edit out my coughing every single time that I took a breath. So, Monday's episode was postponed for that reason. For Wednesday's episode, we actually ended up with an issue on the production side. Fortunately, we are now up and running and ready to go, so I appreciate your patience, and I hope that no one was too sad about the missing episodes. Honestly, it is still pretty weird for me to think that anyone is listening to the show in real time, even though I can clearly see the stats on every episode and several of you have reached out to me. Either way, everything is all good now, so we are jumping right back into it. Jason Sweeney was a fairly normal 16-year-old at the point in time when he was killed. He went to school, at least for a while. He had friends. He had a girlfriend. He traded in school for a job on a construction crew, which he was legally allowed to do, even at his young age. And he had big dreams of becoming a Marine when he got a little older. This Philadelphia miner was on his own completely normal and supported path. Or so he thought. Jason was dating a 15-year-old girl named Justina Morley. And had been for about a week. At the time, he thought things were going pretty well. What he didn't know was that Justina hadn't just dated him. She had also recently hooked up with his best friend, Edward Batsig Jr., and his former friend, Nicholas Koya. Justina was actively talking with these young men, as well as Nicholas's brother, Dominic. 
Now, Jason used to be friends with Nicholas and Dominic, but they had kind of gone their separate ways by this point. Jason's younger sister said that the brothers mostly kept to themselves, and they were kind of outsiders who just sort of hung out together. It wasn't clear why no one disclosed that Justina had also been involved with Edward, who was still Jason's friend at the time. The only answer that I can see is that Jason kind of had some crappy friends, and I guess former friends. And this was news to his family. Kind of. Edward was basically a part of the family for years, going so far as to join them for vacations and things like that. But as he got older, Edward, who went by Eddie, started to get into some trouble. Like breaking into cars and missing school because he had court dates trouble. He started using some pretty heavy drugs and spending more time with the Koya brothers. While Jason was known to occasionally smoke marijuana, he stayed away from the harder drugs that these other kids were getting into, and maybe that's where some resentment started to build up, because soon these kids were literally plotting to kill him. Four kids under the age of 18 planning to kill someone close to them is, I think, pretty crazy, right? At the center of this plan was Jason's new girlfriend, Justina. According to Jason's family, he never really talked about girls or even showed any interest in them before Justina. But he had high hopes for his budding relationship and made a plan to bring her to meet his parents at his sister's birthday because he wanted to show her off. He was proud to have landed such a great girl. Unfortunately, Justina didn't care about Jason, and she never met his family because she participated in his murder the day before she was supposed to. She cared so little about him that she was all too happy to play a prominent role in leading him to his death. It was Friday, May 30th when Jason was killed, but all his family knew was that he went out and never came home. He was a teenager and a fairly independent one, so they thought that he was testing boundaries. But as more time passed and Jason still couldn't be reached, they got really worried about him. They called the police to report him as missing. An officer showed up to take a statement, and with that came something very bad. According to Jason's family, as they described him and what he was wearing, the police officer began to get really, really pale. He told them that they had just found a man who matched the description. Kind of. The person's face was so brutalized that they couldn't identify him at all. The police initially believed that the John Doe was killed by a fully grown man simply because of the severity of the injuries and the general level of intensity. They thought someone really big and really strong and really aggressive went after him. At the time, he was just a John Doe, but it became clear very quickly that he was actually the Sweeney family's missing son. 
They managed to identify him by a notable scar in his hand from a recent work injury and a necklace that was given to him by his grandfather. So, what happened? These four kids made a full plan to kill Jason Sweeney, and I think that is a big pill to swallow for a lot of us. Most of us, especially true crime fans, are not surprised by adults doing terrible things or cooking up horrific murder schemes. We know that these things happen, but what about with kids? When you see a baby-faced 16-year-old, do you ever think that they might be capable of something truly terrible? Maybe you should. These four kids decided to lure Jason out into the woods. This role was obviously given to Justina. Justina promised Jason that they could have sex if she met him out in a place called The Trails, which was a local wooded area near Jason's home. Jason, being an infatuated teenage boy, immediately agreed to meet her. They had plans to go on a date and everything. So he walked out into the trails and right into their trap. Edward struck first, hitting him in the back of the head with a hatchet. The three boys attacked Jason using fists, rocks, and that hatchet. Their later confessions would disclose that he begged for them to stop, but they kept hitting him until they believed that he was dead. In the end, they dropped a boulder on the right side of his head just to be sure. Now, the obvious question you're probably wondering is why? I'll admit that I don't think that we get the full story with this case in this regard, and I saw this sentiment echoed a few times by a few different people. Now, the basic answer is money. Justina knew that Jason would have just been paid, and that was why they chose to attack on Friday. They wanted the money from his paycheck. In this regard, Jason died for $500. But I really have to assume that there was more to it. I don't know if there was resentment because Jason was the one with the plans to escape and build a better life, or if these kids were just straight-up evil and looking to do something terrible. But the damage that they did, and the betrayal, and the level of planning, I just can't believe that all of this was over a one-time payment of $500. But I could be wrong. Investigators quickly zoned in on his friends, They wanted to hear what they knew about him. They talked to Eddie first, and he claimed that they were all at a party waiting for Jason, but he never showed up. They talked to the Coya brothers, and they said the same thing. Eventually, their questioning led them to Justina, so they brought her in. She tried to repeat the story that they all agreed to, but then she broke down and admitted the truth. And it doesn't sound like she broke down emotionally, just like she changed her mind and decided to tell the truth. She actually kind of snapped at police, saying that Jason wasn't her boyfriend and 
basically confessed that she just was using him to get his money. The cop who interviewed her said that she was so cold that it felt like he was sitting in the presence of Satan. A later letter that she wrote in prison said, I don't feel guilty for anything. I still enjoy my flashbacks. They give me comfort. I love them. And she also bragged a lot about her ability to manipulate people into doing anything that she wanted. She described how Jason was murdered, then told police that they all shared a blood-soaked group hug when the job was done. After these murderers left Jason behind, they dumped the murder weapons and clothes in a nearby sewer. They split the money and they went on to enjoy their spoils. They bought a bunch of drugs and alcohol, some jewelry, and they partied all night long. The police said that they were actively celebrating, talking about what they had done. They showed absolutely no remorse. Instead, they were, it seems, happy. In the end, the Sweeney family lost someone very special to them. All four of his attackers were charged with his murder. The three boys were sentenced to life in prison without parole with additional sentences for conspiracy and robbery. Justina pleaded guilty to third-degree murder and a lesser sentence in a deal where she agreed to testify against the others. She even told police that the group actually had several other plans to kill Jason and that none of them had worked. For whatever reason, they really wanted him dead. Justina served the lower end of her sentence, 17 and a half years, and was released from prison in 2020. At that point, she had spent more time in prison than she did free. And a lot of people believe that she didn't serve nearly enough time for what she did. Jason's family continues to mourn him to this day. So, if you would like to discuss the human capacity for violence, the shocking amount of people who were attacked by people they know and love, or the risks that come with trusting the people around you, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. Thank you.